0: Welcome to the second season of the Red Dice Diaries podcast, a rambling tour of the wonderful hobby of RPGs by a long time player and GM. To kick off, we're going to talk about the UK Games Expo 2019, specifically the Games on Demand segment of the convention, since that's what I was involved in, helping run GMing games. We're joined by my lovely wife Hannah and Lloyd Jan, who were both involved in Games on Demand, Hannah GMing and helping with the admin, and Lloyd was the mastermind behind the whole affair. Before we start, just to get it out of the way, I'm sure that everyone's heard about the controversy surrounding a certain game at UK Games Expo 2019. Now, I'm not really in a position to comment on that directly, since, like I said, I was pretty much confined to the games on demand room for the majority of the convention. From From our point of view, certainly in the games that we played in, there were already sort of checks and balances in play such as using the x card to make sure that the people we were running games for if they did feel uncomfortable with anything they had a way of addressing that that was already taken into account and was sort of part of the framework of the games but i was glad to see that uk games expo handling it very professionally released a statement took positive action and then sort of moved on with Hopefully make sure that everyone had a really great convention. So I don't know whether you've got anything else you want to say on that, Lloyd, before we move on.
1: Uh, What I would like to say on that is that I think Geek Games Expo did the right thing when it came to moving that whole thing up. And this debacle will probably not die anytime soon. And it doesn't need my opinion on how things work because I wasn't there. And I feel for everyone involved in that and everyone who went through that. And hopefully at some point we'll have an official statement from everyone involved. And we'll see how gaming will change. It will definitely cause an impact to next year's UK Games Expo and probably on Dragon Beat as well on that matter. But that remains to be seen. And as I do not want to speak for other people who aren't here, I am sure that we'll go to a more positive place from now on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd certainly hope that when mistakes are made in this manner, that lessons will be learned from that and they'd be carried forward since I think that's... That's the best way of handling things like that, trying to learn from them. You see, you're right. But at the same time, OSR still exists. So <laughs> you, never know. you never know that people just won't pick up that just, things just are bad. I just cannot resist any opportunity to, like, diss my beloved OSR. Mate, or, as, listen, or as I'm calling it, small book games now. Listen, listen,
1: listen. I am being nice, okay? I'm trying not to bring controversy in there. So I'm bringing another one that we should address. But more importantly, talking about Games at demand itself and going through UK Games Expo in general, my god, what a year. What mm. an actual year. It's been uh, really good. Uh the numbers came through. I believe it was 25 unique visitors and f- 4000 unique visitors and 45,000 um repeat visitors. So we're looking at big boy numbers for this year. That's probably the biggest it's ever been and it showed because even though they took 3 NEC halls for the NEC and the Hilton had more rooms to use for role-playing. We still, we still stood out. it still heaving, wasn't it? Oh, good Lord, it was huge. Yeah, I mean,
0: like you say, they, they expanded the amount of space available, both in the Hilton and at the NEC. And to me, it felt as packed and sort of full of people and games and stuff going on as last year, if not more, which is quite impressive, like you say, considering the extra space they're laid on, the extra capacity that they're laid on. So... Like you say, it's a staggering amount of people who attended the convention. And obviously, yeah, some people only attended for like one day, some people came for a couple of days, some came for the whole shebang, some were there, like yourself on Thursday, sort of getting in nice and early. So it was just like a, a permanently sort of changing and sort of shifting group of people. But it, there was never a point when I sort of looked around the, the Games Expo and went, oh, it's. So it's looking a bit empty or it's looking a bit bare. It, on a like lot sort of occasions when, when we got out to the Games On Demand room, even just walking around, there were like loads of people everywhere like, chatting to each other, moving between games. Every time I looked in one of the other rooms when I went past, absolutely heaving with people. The the trade hall, as always, absolutely rammed with people.
1: It's I, I would love to say some more of the trade hall, but I think I got like half an hour of trade hall because I was working so hard. I did see a lot of the Hilton, and so my usual way of telling how busy the Games Expo is, is the Hilton on Sunday night after nine o'clock. Usually there's like two people in there, and then it's me, and then my my calm buddy Matthew Bryan, and that's it. And then maybe you might be joined by one or two people here, and, there and then you get lucky, and that's all you've got. But Sunday at the end, the entire bar was packed till one in the morning.
0: So that's, um, that's Matthew Bryan, a.k.a. Danny McGee. Danny McGee, <laughs> my boy, Danny McGee. We got my boy, Danny McGee. That's it. Ho- holler at your boy, Danny McGee. Holler
1: at your boy. <laughs> Shout out to Danny. And, I mean, the Hilton bar is not cheap. Let's let's not pretend the Hilton bar is cheap. Like it's, It is well and truly up there in the heavens when it comes to price. So for people to be staying there, playing board games still, and doing all that on the Sunday that the con ended, Meant that a lot of people were in and a lot of people are still in the mood to keep going. It's the first time I've seen I thought that maybe, just maybe, we should move the call into a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday event at this
0: point. Yeah, I mean, I cannot believe how busy it was. Yeah, but I mean, I've got to I admit, mean, as I said to you, and as me and Hannah were saying, it's like after after going this year, we were also like, oh, yeah, but. Like, maybe we'll think about going on Thursday and actually, you know, like fit in a bit of extra time. And even if it's a case of like our oh, games on demand only running from like Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And I know you were talking about potentially like adding in an, a later slot on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, you know, nip down on Thursday, be good to like socialize with people, do a few bits and pieces before we like really sort of throw ourselves into the games on demand.
1: Well, I I mean, I would love to have started gaming on the day before, but the con still technically starts on the Friday. But Thursday is great for going in, for picking up your badge, seeing what's around, seeing the traders that are about, and any of the small, like, meetups and things that are going about. Because a lot of people know when the trade hall opens. So taking it from Gen Con, because I've been to Gen Con. I'm going again, by the way. If you're there, let me know. I'll say hello. Hi, how's it going? Taking it from from Gen Con, all the (laughs) meetups happened the day before. Yeah. Everyone does the big, okay, we're going to party We're going to get together, we're going to go wild the day before And then the thing happens So I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the stats And I think, I think as UK Games Expo gets bigger The Thursday before is going to be the day to be in Just to see everyone in a group and get horribly sloshed and party hard I was at three parties on Thursday
0: well, what what can I say, man? I, I think permanently. I, personally, I'm just a little bit wary about going down on the Thursday because last time I went down like a day early to like Gen Con like UK when that was a thing. Like Hannah fell off a bus on the Thursday, so oh, you know what
2: I mean. That was like <laughs> and, 17 like, years ago. And, and, and
0: like we spent we spent like the first day of the con instead of like sightseeing in London, and shit, we spent it all. That on, like is so a hospital. sweet. I mean, that's both romantic and terrifying.
1: I love it. It's, it's really same, funny. Funny, yeah,
0: though. I like to get both sides of the coin. You know. But I, 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 I suppose for like anyone who's not aware of what precisely Games On Demand is, we should do like a bit of the sales pitch. We probably should have said that at the beginning, but it's too late now. And they're still listening; they're already all in. So that, that's it. But I mean, j- just just to get a very quick sales pitch. I'm sure Lloyd will pitch in here. Games On Demand is effectively a a series of two hour taster games where there's multiple gems all with a selection of games prepped to run two-hour slots where people can just come along. You don't have to have any equipment, any dice, any pencils, pads, whatever. That's all provided. You can come along, just try out various different types of games, try it out for a little taster for two hours, then you can move on to something else. And you don't have to book it massively far in advance. You can get tickets on the day from the main desk at UK Games On Demand. Not to mention,
1: also... As of next year, I will have taster starter games laid on table. So people who want to GM and don't have any equipment and want to try their hands at GMing, I have these very simple, easy games that they can take, sit in front of one of us and give us a game. Usually two or three. I'd usually try and schedule those to be usually on the quieter hours because I did some actual stats this year. Speaking of which... So, so like a GM mentor sort of thing. Like a GM mentor of. thing. Someone That's a really there, good idea. I was like, I want to give it a shot. And um, we had, we had. I mean, in total, we had 304 players as of me checking now coming through games on demand. So I think we're busy enough that we can afford to do a little, a few extra funny things.
0: Yeah, I mean, like like you say, it's good to like like trial things like that. Then, so if you, if you trial it next year, let's say, and let's say it really doesn't work or there's not like much interest. I mean, hopefully there will be, but if there's not, you haven't really lost anything by doing it. And you might find something that really appeals to people and that hopefully can bring more people into the hobby. And as you're doing with the, the main games at the minute where people are like, oh, you know, I want to try some different games, but I don't really want to commit to jumping into like a long running game. They can just try something out for a couple of hours. Because let's face it, worst case scenario, if you're in a game, you're like, oh, it's not really my cup of tea. You're in it for like two hours. It's not your, That's whole, true. It's not your whole con got gone. So I think that'd be a great idea to get people into jamming, and go like, oh, you know, I-, I give it a go, but I'm not really sure. They can sort of dip their toe in the water a little bit and <laughs> give it a little try out. I think that'd be
1: a great idea. We definitely should do that because last year, last year I did not think would be as big as we were this year. And this year we were massive. And being able to pull in 35 people on any slot is incredible for me. I'm looking forward to next year when we'll hopefully do just as well, if not better. And also, also, if we're going to compete with the Adventurous League, we need to go big or go home, everybody. Just saying. Just, hang <coughs> up, Just saying.
0: <laughs> a couple of things i i particularly enjoyed about the the games on demand this year is i always enjoy sort of like you know when you have the quieter slots although mm-hmm. those seem to be getting like less and less where like if we've got like a as we did our this year is you've got like a game with like two people in like quite often some of the the gms who aren't busy will be sort of mm-hmm. called in to like bump up the numbers and like make up those games so i got to like i got to play in the a bit of Slay Industries and a bit of Victoriana run by Martin Carson. And those are gay I played Slay like Slay Industries years ago, but like once years ago. And I have never played Victoriana those were a couple of games that I really enjoyed to the point where like, I was like, oh, I might get a copy of that Victoriana. That seems like quite cool. It's not bad, is it? Yes yeah, it's, it's 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 a nice game and it's like I, I found cause you know me, I'm not a big like sort of mechanics heavy sort of like person, but I found yeah. that I found that the the mechanics in that the, the, they're a little bit crunchy in the games I, I tend to go for, but not so much that it like interfered with me enjoying the game. I still had a really great time like playing it, and obviously everyone knows a little bit of something about like the Victorian era, even if it's just like the sort of common tropes like Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that.
1: True, that was true, and and I really think Victorian is one of those games that not a lot of people have heard of, but a lot of people would enjoy if they knew more about it. We had a good spread of games all the way through. We had a lot of indie stuff, a lot of in between stuff. We even we even had D D and Pathfinder for my sins. But we had a lot of stuff to give out to people. And I'm very impressed with what's called yeah, um, the array of games that people have given out for this one this year. I I wish I had played more instead yep. of running so much thinking about it. But I was busy doing admin with Hannah, who yeah. thank you very much for being my glamour. No assistant. worries, mate. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so um, um, My lovely wife was serving as the Lloyd's glamorous assistant, helping with the admin. Which for, when for, I wasn't for, running Star Trek. Well, that's it. I mean, obviously, I'm sure from like me and the other GMS, like, thanks to both of you for like doing that because from from our perspective, we beyond like taking the tickets in occasionally, we really didn't have to get involved with that at all. So we could just concentrate on running the game. So that made it True. a hell of a lot easier for us. So thanks from us for that.
1: No props Been a neighbourhood.
0: Yeah. Was yeah. Oh, so I mean, I think one of the other things that I enjoyed about games on demand was, it's you start after you've been sort of going for like a few years. I think I think we've been like two or three years now, haven't we? Uh-huh. I think we've done four. Cause, cause I remember like two. You've done
1: three. We've I know this because isn't it been going for four years?
0: We this were the, at the first year. The first, the, the first one. year we didn't turn up, we, we didn't do games on demand though. No, you were sitting, you were sitting, okay, we okay. We're at yeah, one.
1: We need to clear the area.
0: got break the it down. The
1: first year was just me by myself doing games on demand, and you two were yeah. in on a table like way up there, and I was on the table way down there, and I waved at you, and that was your mm. contribution to games on demand that year. <laughs> and then you were Sorry, from, yes, from, from, that, from small I icons, apologize. man. Small
0: icons. Sorry.
2: That was the year when I ended up working the stall at Spirit Games because it was so busy in the trade hall. And that was the year when the trade hall was in the
0: Hilton.
1: Uh, yeah, no, the trade was still was... in the NEC for that one. It wasn't in the. Oh, there oh. was a
2: trade hall in the Hilton. No, no, it, it, yeah. was,
0: it wasn't the trade hall. It was just like all the games were like jammed together in the. Hilton.
2: Ah, no, right, Sparrows so... was inside the Hilton. All oh, right, okay.
0: I don't
1: remember. <laughs> I, to be honest. I, I don't. I don't remember that year very well. No, funny. I'm
0: not surprised because you were like virtually in a coma by the end of it, and I'm not surprised, <laughs> man. But uh, no, like I say, another thing about it, I've enjoyed about it is. After you've been going a few years, you know you start to like recognise like people that you see there. You know, people True. who sort of come regularly to it. So, I mean, just to give an example that I know we talked about on the day, Lloyd, we have uh, we had Alex Rose who was GMing for Games On Demand. He sort of came and played a couple of years ago, came Are back. You talking about the Gun Show, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Gun Show. Okay. Then, then then he came back the next year, played a few more games, and was like, oh, I've really enjoyed it to the point where this year he was like, oh, I'd actually like to do some GMing and that's great that you know someone's enjoyed it that much that they then want to contribute to it and also like say when i was running my Towers tales game like seeing colin Green, who i speak to quite a lot online and just like actually like connecting with people and sort of seeing them in person just to, like say hey and like play some games with them because obviously like i know a lot of us do a lot of online gaming and yeah. as you know i'm a big fan of online gaming i really enjoy it but it mm-hmm. is nice to like See people in person and actually sit around a table, have some drinks, like chat about stuff and play some games. So that's one of the really, the really great things. I mean, because you know like everyone who's at the convention is there to play games and enjoy themselves. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's such a great atmosphere. Just have all those gamers there, and there's so many people like walking around in various different cosplay, and then you've got the Vikings stood at the end of the path having a <laughs> ciggy. Um, you've got all the um, stormtroopers wandering about and the Daleks in the trade hall.
1: Having a Uh, freaking laugh. We've got the um, Deadpool minions. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my Deadpool minion boys. Yeah,
0: there was like a a Lord of the Rings like Baruch High there that I saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. Although he must have been like hot as, like, you know, (laughs) stood there in like the full metal armour with like a full face mask on and like leathers and all the works. And I was like, Damn, that's some commitment walking around in this heat. People took a lot. It was the the
1: temperature was lovely. Can I just say that as well? Everything went out perfectly fine. The temperature was great.
0: The weather was fantastic. Everything was just lovely. It
2: rained a bit here and there, but mostly you were indoors, so you didn't notice anyway.
0: I I think the rain as well. It was just enough to like cool it down just a little bit, so it wasn't like oppressively hot. But we still mostly had nice sunshine. I mean, one of the things I like about the Hilton and the fact it's split between the Hilton and the NEC is you've got like the little sort of lake areas and like the sort of wooded areas between. So even though you're sort of in a big city, there's still like places where, you know, you can just go and like sit down by the water and like chill out and whatever. And it's nice and, yeah, nice and re- yeah, if, yeah, if you want to get yeah, you've away got from that things, nice for a nice little
2: bit. park area yeah. in between that you can just go and sit for five minutes if you need to. That,
0: that's it. It's all getting a bit hectic, and you know, you just want like a bit of a breather. You can just go and chill out, and it's all there within like walking distance from the Hilton and the NEC. You've not got to like go, oh, I've got to like get a bus to go somewhere or whatever. It's, just... I mean, to, to be honest, if like a fat old man like me can walk it, like anyone can walk it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I. I thoroughly
1: enjoyed everything to do with of the Man this year and uh, as someone who has had to work that shift yeah. so long and be so exhausted it was really nice also to actually be able to catch up to you all while it was up there even though we didn't do much talking until the very end when we had our final team meeting which by the way wait if you're listening to it will always be 40 hours not 10 minutes because I like to chat this is how life is and life sucks um it was nice to all that. It was nice to just get them together and then just talk for a while because we never had a proper team meeting. We just basically turned yeah. up and went right <laughs> into it. And then we finished it, we went right out of it. That was it. It was done. But, also, massive shout out to everyone who came to help us out Bruce Cunnington, Brendan LaSalle, Chloe, Chloe, um, well, what's called Epistle Richard, Bill Heron, uh, Urici Dice, uh, uh carl who was visiting from america and then got roped into doing things whether he liked it or not uh yeah yeah thank you thank you for all those people yeah it was really
2: good to meet all those guys they are great guys and i'm so glad so many people got to like play in their games
0: that's i mean it was one of the things that struck me it was like like you say people who were just like visiting or like down to the convention for a day who were quite willing to like pitch in and go yeah I'll run something. Or, or more like you know, trying to offend Lloyd off me. Like, all, right, all right, Lloyd. Lloyd, I'll run to <laughs> <me."> <laughs> it. Was not,
1: normally, normally, that's me, by the way. Normally, I'm pushing for GMs. But this year, people even came down from... Like, Aram from uh, up to four players. Aram Avram, He came down just to run games for me for four hours, and I went home again. I was like, oh, well, okay. I mean, yeah, do it. Come on in. Let's have a good time. That's all he did. Same for UEC Dice. I I feel... I, I would love to say... Games of the Man can pull in all those indie gamers to turn up and just have a good time and then get out. So they don't have to commit to like do it going through all the motions of submitting a game and putting on the system and then maybe getting players. Whereas I'm like, oh, I'll guarantee you players and I'll, I'll guarantee you a game. Just turn up and say hello and then go home. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want Games of the Man to be because that's kind of how it is at Gen Con. At Gen Con, there's 16 tables that are constantly rotating and GMs, GMs just come in and put things down and get things done and most like there's no core gms like we have there's no one who's like yeah well we'll, all we do is run games and that's it everyone does either the admin or they run games and everyone else just turns up with their games runs it and goes home and they pick slots they come into and that's it and i would love to get to the point where i have 16 tables more tables than the adventurous league i'm watching you guys i'm coming for you i was here first you don't get to come after me like that More tables Mm in Adventures League get 16 tables lined up full of GMs playing things and then we just put people on tables and then just move on. I would love that more than anything else. That's what I'm really hoping for. But that's like that's a problem for future Lloyd. Maybe next two years, Lloyd.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I've got to give a a shout out to like Martin Carson, who's a friend of ours from LARP who came down and sort of run run a lot of a lot of games when we're looking at the Uh, figures. Oh yeah.
1: to be fair, Martin Carson kind of pulled it out, but I'm really impressed with that. I mean, yeah, don't I mean, tell him I said that. I, mean, I hope what, that he doesn't listen to this podcast. It's fine. What, what, yeah, he was, what,
0: what, what did he, do? he ran like twelve games or something like altogether? Yeah, twelve
1: games, but like pretty much over the last like twenty-four hours of games over a three-day period.
0: That's yeah. a lot of gaming, boy. That's it. I mean, Roman did not sleep. I mean, a good good thing is as well as I know we've said in person that like, this year was because there were more GMS this year. It meant that there were times when like people could have like a rest or like in my case like you could order me to go to bed and like have some sleep <laughs> so, so that I'd, so that i'd still be conscious later on and, and it <laughs> meant like we, we didn't have to worry about like i know like the the, the year previously when it was basically like hannah you wit and me it was a case of like oh if it's a bit busy we need everyone there because we need everyone on the tables yeah. whereas you could sort. Of, i mean I, apart from like die hard as like martin which i would like, run games until my eyes bleed you know, like the, the, the rest the rest of us could rotate out a bit and like get people a chance to like go and look at the rest of the con and stuff like that as, or or just get some sleep and some rest or grab a bit of food or whatever so i thought that was really useful
1: it was it was fantastic and it was even better when i realized that you all actually still had your voices and i still had my voice at the end of that
0: yeah so, although, although to with that I was wavering on the Sunday and then I dis- then I discovered like a single throat suite in like my room at the Hilton. and I was like I'm saved <laughs> I'm I'm gonna buy like a giant bag of like lockets or something next year and like put them on the front desk with the water and everything. That's probably
1: a good idea. I should probably do I and normally like, have strapsaws, wasn't it? Well I had Tyra bets on me for like the hardcore boys. That's the that's the good stuff. That's the good good the good cush that I normally <laughs> have carrying with me for this convention. It it was also really nice to Aside from the game running and everything else, to actually see the yellow shirts and have a conversation with them, there are a lot of. So this convention will not, not commit No, well, games, games, will not run without his volunteers. Like 100 won't do it, and we would not have games on demand if it weren't for our volunteers. Without yeah, our volunteers, all the, yellow shirts, all the yellow
2: shirts are amazing. The yellow shirts who
1: come in and help us out, are amazing. And the blue I,
2: shirts that organise them and what's her name the lady with jude, the cowboy hat
1: jude dot jude who does all the i mean i would i wish i was as good as jude to do what jude does i wish i could do that i don't even want to think about how i would do that but i
0: wish i was good enough to do what you does what, what, what if it helps man i can bring you a cowboy hat for next year it's not gonna no that's
1: not gonna she help she delegates <laughs> She delegates, but she also knows where everything is. Like it's also was that dig at me? What are you trying to read me here? It's not red. I'm not saying I took over the thing. It's just, you know, it's the first year of us have an admin. I wanted to make sure it was okay. I will I will delegate more next year, I promise. And I'll do more of the overall general thing. I'll I'll take more of a managerial role and you can do all the admin and everyone can be happy. Okay. Bye. <laughs> it wasn't like I was saying I'm incompetent. I just get really worried that look here. We are having fun. And like,
0: okay, I like you say, though, it was it was the first year of sort of having that aspect of it in the format that you had it this year. So obviously, yeah. you wanted to make sure it was it was done correctly. Because, like you say, the
2: oh, absolutely. In, in order, in order for games on demand it,
0: to keep going, you know, it, it's, it's got like, your you gotta baby. It. Yeah. I, I totally understand
2: why you like really sort of want to be close, hands on with it. Yeah. It is your baby. You've proper worked hard on it.
1: Uh, also, I <laughs> so And it's really- paying off. I mean, I mean, hey, we had eight tables this year. Eight yeah. tables. We had the whole room to ourselves. None of this, oh, we're gaming and like, oh, in the corner, some other people are having more fun than us because they've got more people. And I'm just staring at them with daggers in my eyes going, how dare you play that game? This time there was no one there. And any tables that were empty were empty because we had no players. And that's all I wanted. We had space. Yay. We had air. We had water. We had we didn't have food because I don't have a car and I can't go get a book box of snacks and put in the room. But next year, if we're lucky and I learn to drive, I'll bring a van and I'll pack it full of like snacks and stuff so I can pass it to you all while you're there.
2: We could always get a supermarket to deliver to the Hilton. I'm sure yeah. the
1: Hilton would love us for that. I mean, I'm sure oh. the would love us Can we just not do that? <laughs> we I think we need to spend some money at the Hilton to make the Hilton update yeah. us.
0: I mean, I think one of, the, one of the telling points as well was on pretty much every day, if I remember correctly, even when we were sort of like wrapping up and we were like finishing the last slot, we had like people sort of sticking their heads into the room, asking us if there was more gaming going on. So obviously like no pun intended, like the demand for games on demand is quite high. Like There, there, was, no, there was never really a point in time when we're like, Oh, there's a bit of tumult. you're blowing through the room, like the room's entirely empty. Even oh, on no. the even on the less busy slots, there was we still were still like two, up
2: to half or more. Yeah,
0: there were still like two, three, four like tables occupied, and, like people. Even if they weren't sort of like getting involved in the game straight away, they were like looking in and sort of asking what was going on. And then, I know a fair few of those people sort of bought tickets and turned up later for slots. So even if they were like, oh well, I can't jump into a game now. I've got X, Y, and Z going on. That there was sufficient interest that they were like oh you know what slots have you got going i'll maybe grab a ticket and come back later which is all good you know cause you've got to you've got to sort of put the word out there and keep that level of interest going to like make yeah. sure that games on demand can carry on growing
1: yeah and you also have to make sure that we don't end up in incredibly embarrassing and controversial scenes because we kind of need to keep ourselves right i mean if Pathfinder can get through an entire, what, like 10 years of this without somehow causing a problem and growing every minute and Adventurous League can come in with was like 10 million people. Do you see the picture of the Avengers League, guys? They all look so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, I'm really mad about Adventurous League. <laughs> I'm really you you heard it well, man. You heard it well. <laughs> so angry that they got so many people and we didn't. I'm so bad. It's like, if we can come up and do that and somehow still might go, and Avengers League literally came in the, the first year they've done Adventurous League of that scale at UK Games Expo. And it, sh- and it showed that there was definitely a market for it. Yeah. And if they can get two big-ass rooms at the Hilton to themselves so they can party hard, why can't we? Why can't we also show them how it's done? That's what I think. Why can't we get 16 tables, fill it with GMs, and fill it with players every single slot?
2: So if you do want to do a Games On Demand game next year... You need to bring with you, as your first game, one game of some sort of fantasy D&D equivalent.
1: Please
2: don't. <laughs> please suitable for three to seven players.
1: You know what, can I have a rant
2: on your podcast?
0: It's yeah, yeah, go, go it's for it, man. Down.
1: What is go up on. with people coming to games on demand and asking for d and I'm like, bruh, it's <laughs> literally next door. Like, next door. Like, it's not even like you have to go far. It's literally <laughs> next door. I've played and Dragons, go next door. Go next door. I didn't yeah. say it has to be D&D. I mean, yeah. some sort of
2: fantasy, some sort of fantasy
0: RPG. I mean, I can, I can see your point there, like, so like, as you say, there's no point in us replicating what the Adventurers League is already doing successfully. Who would do it? And even better than we would as well. So yeah. I'm like, I mean, why are you here? I mean, for me, for me, the strength of games on demand, as opposed to something like the Adventurers League, and this is like not to knock them at all. Because they, they do what they do. They do it well. The, the popularity shows that the, oh, yeah. the the strength of games on demand is like it's not linked to a, a single game. So, like you say, if you want your D and D, you've got Venturers League, you can have and your Pathfinder, you can have your fill. Whereas if you go like oh, you know, fancy trying to something a bit different, you've got Games on Demand next door where it's like oh, we've got like a whole like smorgasbord of like different games here. With different okay, jets. then
2: fine. So if you want to be a GM for Games on Demand next year, you need to bring with you. One adventure suitable for three to seven players with PG thirteen sort of restrictions. You know, yeah. um, that's, pretty that's pretty much PG-13. all I asked. Really.
1: PG thirteen, PG thirteen people. Mm-hmm. Being three games all PG thirteen and lower can take can take one can take two to seven players.
0: Well, preferably not seven. Think six is like I, six. I, I think the, yeah. the whole sort of PG thirteen is a very good idea. But uh, well, the thing is, it's it's fairly easy to fit sort of different subjects in that sort of age rating. I mean, like, I, I ran games where there's, like, people getting, like, buried alive in, like, sand collapsing in deserts with, like, various, like, Cthulhu horrors. I ran a game where there's there's effectively, like, a, a space station being, like, filled with, like, techno-zombies. And so you can keep all that stuff PG-13,
1: and based based
0: on it. your descriptions and still have like a good fun enjoyable game it's like you don't have to oh I, I know we said this when we're discussing it um in person because obviously we don't know in advance the people we're going to be running the games for yeah. you, you have to be a bit sensitive to the fact that like you, you don't know these people you, you don't know what life experiences or whatever that they've had so if you can just generally sort of keep it like you said that pg-13 in conjunction with like having the, the controls in place, such as the X card, it just means that everyone can relax and enjoy the game and you don't have to worry about that sort of stuff while the game's going on.
2: It also means that people who want to bring their kids to Game On Demand for the first RPG their kids have played sometimes get to do so and know that we're going to make sure that it's a good game for their kids to play.
1: You know, side note, there actually is a kids role-playing games with the man that's happening in the health, in the NEC. All right. All oh, right, I didn't know about that. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like they never get any advertising for some reason. And next year, okay. Well, remind props me to-, to the
2: kids role-playing group, whatever know, it's right? actually called.
1: Next year, two things I'm to do. One, I gotta print like table circles so we could just write what tables who's on what table, whatever, like we did this year. And two, we gotta put a sign up say you can go to the nec to sign up for kids games on demand
0: yeah because i mean one of the it'd be good to try and like, help other people like publicize that stuff as well because it's very much that sort of one hand washes the other situation as you were saying lloyd get games on demand wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the goodwill of like the excellent volunteers at uk yeah. games expo and like, all the other people involved so obviously if we can sort of like help out somebody else and direct people to them if it's going to suit so them, that's all to the good. And it helps the convention as a whole.
1: Mm, yeah, you're right. And of, of part of all of those things that come through, I am all more than happy to collaborate with other groups that are there to get things done, except for the Kulhulu masters, they're my enemy and they must be destroyed. And <laughs> I'm happy to coll- collaborate with any other group to work together and like promote their work as well. If I have to like put a sign up for them, I can do that. Like we had a sponsor. Okay, before I go to sponsor Doug Ragmore, our D&D runner. Thank you for being there. Always good shout out to you. We love you so much. We're sorry we destroy your money every year. We had a sponsor this year, the RPG Pipeline, which I do my own podcast for. James and Lloyd read RPG blurb so you don't have to. And they sponsored us for this year, which meant we had a budget, which meant we could print out things like posters and take a take like advertising out and do all those other things and if i still have some budget left at the end of that i'm happy to spend a little bit more to help promote other other companies as well at the point and yeah. i think kids games on demand it would be a great thing to work together with
0: i mean again in that sort of vein i mean shout out to to wit who sort of like designed the posters and stuff like that because i know the previous year there was a few people who were sort of like, oh, I didn't really know, like, Games On Demand was going on. Whereas with the, like, increased publicity that I know you were sort of keen on this year, Lloyd, the, I, I honestly didn't come across anyone who was like, oh, I don't know where Games On Demand is. There were a few people who were like, oh, I'm not sure where it is. And you could just be like, see that sign there with a the giant that, arrow? of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So so it was quite I mean, easy to direct people. We had the posters hanging around.
1: Uh, like, once again, I repeat again, can we give a better shout out to Jude and the volunteers for oh, taking yeah. my... Can I swear on this podcast? I'm about on yeah, this go podcast for, it. for taking my shit and actually going? Yeah, sure. We'll put your posters up for you, Lloyd. Uh, your ego is not big enough. We'll just make it a bit bigger. Like they have no, they have no obligation to put those posters up. None whatsoever. They have no reason to help me out. If they said no, I'll go. Okay, take the posters and get the hell out. But they do that and they help us out, and it's like it's mind blowing that they do this. And I, I I, I, I owe them my life.
0: I've got to admit, I did find it a bit bizarre when I uh, I went to, like, go and take some of the um, the tickets in to, to Jude with Hannah, and there was, like, that massive poster with my face on it, like, on the door to the room, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man,
1: I... I'm, I'm, those posters those posters were worth every goddamn penny. Every penny, those posters. Last year, I printed on more, like, flimsy paper, and this is like, nope, nope, we'll print a proper poster paper that's going to go up on the wall, and people are going to effing love it and they did they absolutely loved those posters and i gave like people you, you all had a poster to take away with you like yeah, yeah. thank you present. i gave mine away because i don't i don't need that ego here
2: <laughs>
0: see I, I also loved it that my I, poster i'm gonna made,
1: stick ours up on here
0: I, I, I loved it that my poster made me look like if like your granddad lived in like a cyberpunk future <laughs> yeah you know like the the, the wall jumper on and like all the like, cyber stuff that like about uh, the, like, the shades that we put on it. I was like, oh, it's like you know, if like the Hovis granddad like lived in a dystopian cyberpunk future. I know it looks really good. Also, thank while we're on the subject, um, now
1: that the admin is done, thank you very much for all the work you've done on Compound Admin. I wish I knew how to do infographics. Maybe I should yeah. just ask someone who can do infographics. Hey, Wit, are you listening? You know I love you, right? Thanks, bro. Thank appreciate that. Bye. I want to do infographics, and I'll just do an infographic of the whole thing so I can post it on Twitter. And be like, right, here's everything for games of Man. Bam, done. And I just fold my hands back and then have and then watch the nightmare begin. <laughs> Cause posting infographics shows that we are making a progress. Yeah. And I, I, nothing would make me happier than going to Jude and John next year and being like, Hey, we did it. We made it. We, we made it. Here's the progress we made this year. Next year we're gonna do exactly the same, but better. We're gonna have more people and more slots. We're going to have one extra slot because I'm nice to you and it's going to be lit. And that's, that's that's what I want. I want to prove that we've done the job that we're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. And like, like you say, consistently looking to improve it and keep pushing it onto that next sort of step, which is what you've got to do, really. So you say, if you, if you sort of like reach a plateau and you stay there, I'd, I think the interest level wouldn't be as high as it is. Whereas... Like people, I certainly know a few people like remarked positively on the changes that were made this year, like players I recognised from the previous year. So you want them to think like, oh yeah, and if we come back next year, it's going to be even bigger, even better than it was this year.
1: True, true. And it wouldn't be bigger and better than it was this year without all of you. All you people who are listening who came to Games on Demand, those of you who didn't, you're Betrayers, and I hate you all, and you should never speak to me again. And you people who came and ran me games on Games on Demand. So thank you very much for (laughs) the the work, for everything you've done. And I hope you had a great UK Games Expo, despite some terrible things happening between it. And I hope we all have a fantastic time after that.
0: Yeah, I mean just just to echo what Lloyd said. I mean, massive thanks to all the people who came and played games, ran games, every all the volunteers and the, the sort of people involved in the hierarchy of UK Games Expo. Who, as Lloyd said, games on demand wouldn't be possible, and obviously the rest of the con wouldn't be possible without them. So, and it's one of the things that always strikes me about the convention is it's all of the people sort of coming together in those various different capacities that make UK Games Expo as good as it is and there's never been a year i i mean like say i have only been going like two three years but there's never been a year i've come to it and i've just been like yeah d- didn't really enjoy it i mean it and even this year like, obviously and I'm, I'm sure you'll back us up like, like it's quite tiring running the number of games like unless you're sort of like martin carson and he's like i can run another
2: 24
0: <laughs> <Yeah! laughs> but um uh, it was, it was his first year, he didn't know any better, it's, oh, it's a, But like I say, it is quite tiring, but I mean, it, it, even like... Oh, oh.
1: side note, do you see how tired Richard was at the end of that? <laughs> Poor Richard, looked like he was going to die! Oh my God, Richard, I'm so sorry. I just remembered just your face, and oh my God. Sorry, carry on, I'm interrupting you, keep going.
0: No, no, it's all good. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I, I came away from that, and even though I was quite tired, and like we had the journey home and whatever, because I'm starting like an, a new sort of like, Campaign in July, I was really enthused to like sort of start that having been running the games and seeing like people playing it and enjoying different games over the weekend. It just, I just think it really like injects some additional enthusiasm into like your love of the hobby, it sort of reignites your love of the hobby. And I think you only get that by playing like new games, playing with different people, and just sort of like getting that whole experience. I mean, the convention experience for me is certainly very different to any other experiences within the hobby.
1: And if you think you're good enough, tough enough, and badass enough to do this, please do come talk to me at Games On Demand. If you're at the UK Games Expo, bring a game, bring two games, bring three games, why not? And come on over and let's have a ball. Let's see what we've got. I, I, I have a vetoing system. I don't tend to use it very often because at the end of the day, I still get to decide who gets to join and who doesn't. But I would love to see what you've got and I would love to see how you rock with it. And so far, no one has no one has gone too fast to prove me wrong and saying they deserve to be there. Every single one of my GMs, including you, Richard, I know you're listening, deserves to be here. And like all you gotta do is just come sign up and see what the fun is about.
0: And as you were saying, if you if you're maybe not you're not an experienced GM or you're not entirely sure there's going to be the, the sort of gem starter packs next year. So if you've even got a vague interest in GMing, or maybe you want to give it a go, see how it shakes down, that opportunity is going to be there for you. You can just come along, give it a try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen, really? You, you run a game, you decide, oh, it's maybe not for me. It, it's two hours. No no great loss.
2: Although I'd suggest you probably turn up an hour early for that so you can read the GM notes before the players turn up.
1: It'll be a nice, simple, easy thing. Just turn up, take a look at it, and then we'll just go with it together. And there'll be a GM on your table to help you out if you're making horrible mistakes. Yep. And we also have people... Also, I think if we're lucky, we'll have people there whom I would go, do you mind being on the GM starter pack table for today just once? because it'll help me out. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who be happy to do it.
0: And they will not make your life a living hell
1: on purpose. <laughs> okay, Jenny, close that.
0: Okay, so but before we wrap this up, does anyone else have anything to say about the, the UK Games Expo and all games on demand? Yeah, what did Trade
1: Horse look like? Because I, 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 I didn't see. I just wanted to buy some games.
2: But like one quarter of one that I got around had like quite a few interesting demo board games on oh. i can't remember the names of any of them right now but they were all quite cool and i picked up a few cards
0: nice um, see i i had a look at a few roleplay books as we were like walking around and also like brief visit but i was like at the same by the time we got walking around i was at like, that sort of like i'm quite tired stage i was like I. Oh, do you know what i'm not gonna buy anything now because like i feel my judgment may be impaired <laughs> So so I was like, I'm gonna walk around, I'm gonna note a couple of like games that I think are oh, there interesting and possibly like earmark them for like, later, like read into them a little bit and
2: Spirit Games was busy as always. Phil gave me a lengthy story about how he's got three different versions of card payment methods just nice. to make sure that when one cuts out, he can still take your money by another one
1: nice uh so, we had we had the biggest stand we've ever had in our year we had demo stand for Oedphius and it was actually pretty cool i wish i'd spent more time there but i was running out and i had to like, go you, okay wait
0: you're you digging yourself out from that mountain of paperwork like
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: guys guys help
1: me i gotta write all these numbers down um uh shout out shout out to the indie rpg pipeline for sponsoring us once again please go check it out indiarpgpipeline.blog.com I- i'm sure John will put a link somewhere i don't know how he- yeah
0: i'll I'll put a link in the description of the podcast man
1: and shout out to the rpg design on friday seven to nine what started off as a small rpg design thing when i went there at the end was actually banging and that was really cool and we need to get more people into that and those people need to come and love the games because i love them very much that's it man i've got to get around to going to that next year man it was it was this year was legit i popped in for like 15 minutes because that's all i could spare and i was like
0: wow all right i'm (laughs) done (laughs) Okay, well, obviously, if you hadn't guessed, we all had a thoroughly enjoyable time at UK Games Expo. Quite tiring running all the games for Games On Demand, and Lloyd like digging himself out from under like a a sort of mountain-sized pile of paperwork. But still, very good fun. The fact that we're we're all meeting up to talk about this now, and we're 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 not all tired, being like, I'm done were like, you know, you, you want it to carry on, you want to run it next year, you, you want to make it bigger and better. I think speaks volumes for how enjoyable it actually was. And like speaking to all the all the gems and the players, there wasn't anyone who was like, eh, No I'm not but everyone was like really enthusiastic about it, really seemed to enjoy themselves. So Oh, I almost forgot one more shout-out. I love you very much. Um, shout-out
1: to Broken Ruler Games for giving me the pre gems for High-Playing Samurai so I could run a four-hour game of High-Playing Samurai. Okay, carry
0: on. Okay, so if, you, if you're if you thinking about giving UK Games Expo a try, you've maybe not been already, I highly recommend it. Even if you can only get down for like a single day, it, the, there's a, a great load of like board games, role-play games, all that sort of stuff in the trade hall. Obviously, games on demand, it, if you can't, or you're unwilling to, to book yourself into one of the sort of advanced booking games or maybe you don't book in time that's another strength of games on demand it's there it's fairly easily and so instantly accessible you just find a time slot go buy a ticket from the desk get yourself in there you can have a great time playing some different games maybe even jamming some games so i really recommend you come down and give it a go so, thank you very much to Lloyd for joining us and to Hannah for joining us. Hopefully, we'll yeah. all, hopefully we'll all catch you at UK Games Expo 2020 for even more games on demand.
1: And also goodbye to all of you and Cthulhu Masters and Adventures League and um, also Pathfinder Society. I'm coming for you. I'm taking all your slots. I'm taking all your players. Just watch for this. Just watch for this.
0: Take care, everybody. We'll catch you soon. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode with us talking about UK Games Expo 2019 and Games on Demand. The song featured at the start of this episode was Exotica by Juanitos, available on the freemusicarchive.org and used under public domain license. Take care and whatever you're playing, have fun. We'll see you next time.